Right. Okay, so we are live. And again, another presentation for the uh, fifth round of the Geyser Grants focusing on educational communities. And today we've got quite a few different projects. Um, we kind of have a few projects which we were counting in our online category, but then we've got a, another couple from uh, El Salvador, Mexico, um, and also one from Minecraft, which is pretty cool. So quite a different uh, variety of projects here today. Um, and we're also joined to kind of review and discuss and comment. Um, we're joined by um, Andrew from Blink, who are kind of the sponsor for this grant. We've got Joe Nakamoto, one of our judges, and also Abu Bakr. So we'll be um, reviewing the projects and talking about uh, all of them and, and asking the guys questions. So um, without further ado i mean i think i'll just i'll just hand over to you Addy, if you want to if you want to start and then maybe the judges can um throw in their sort of two cents on the project afterwards and we'll just we'll just crack on like that if that's okay if, yes thank you first of all thank you i don't know if you are watching the screen right now that i'm sharing just confirm it please yeah. uh, no sorry i can't, I can't I see it that. you can't oh here we go yeah yeah, ready? Now I can. Okay, perfect. Okay, guys, first of all, thank you. Thank you for your time to, to listen to this project, and we're going to start. Um, Bitcoin Mexico, a story about adoption. I will talk, first of all, uh, who we are. We are Panoramica Films, an orange peel company. I'm Christian Lala, director in the company. We are a Mexican film company based in Guadalajara, which is the second largest city in Mexico. We have... 14 years in advertising and film market, and we are working with local, national, international clients. Uh, we're basically working with uh, some big brands, and national brands, and, and everything. So I hope this is for show you what we are doing, what we are doing for the living also. So uh, right now, I will explain you how everything started, okay? Uh, I was on Twitter, and so basically I saw one tweet about the Bitcoin Yucatan that they were looking for support for the first circular economy so i just wrote them like okay guys just tell me what we need to do and and i will make a gift for you for a video let's see what happens okay so we we sort we make everything we make the first arrangement for the first trip and then i discover the, the potential and what the amazing things you know, in yucatan is happening over there so everything become mixed you know because i was looking how to orange meal my company and to start to uh, put it in the in the real Bitcoin economy. So as you know, we, we made some, a video that I will not show in this moment because it's seven minutes long. And this is the first approach to the project. Basically, I went, I, I discovered all of this and I was like, oh my God, we need to make it this big, you know? So uh, there's the, the video and, and the first topic, it was like Bitcoin Beach, why we don't have Bitcoin Beach in Mexico and <laughs> Joe Nakamura appeared over there. So, so in Mexico, we are the community is very excited to 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 create something to to start to receive Bitcoin because there's a, there's a big need here in Latin America to to start to use Bitcoin. Basically, this is how it started, and this thing evolved a lot and evolved very fast. So, the concept of a story about about Bitcoin <sighs> becomes something bigger, you know. Uh, and basically, I will explain you what is uh, a story about adoption. It's a documentary series. We are going to teach uh, Bitcoin through solving real problems here in Latin America. Everything based from Mexico, 
to outside of, 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 of in the worldwide, you know? So um, we are going to explain complex topics because we have a lot of complex topics in Bitcoin, but we are going to solve it with the experience of the people. So uh, this, we are sure that will uh, create knowledge that will engage on different realities of the people, you know? It's, it's not the same. And that's why we are picking some examples that you will see in, in some minutes because all the people there will use Bitcoin in different ways. And this is the main thing and the, the, the main reason that we are working on, that to show that this is solving real problems in the economy or, or transferring value, etc. So uh, also we, we think wider and we are focused on premium platforms because I, I told you I'm, um, I have some contacts over there that maybe we can sell this uh, as a series in some platform like Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, we don't know. And also, for sure, if not, we are going to be on YouTube and X. Um, it, right now, we are uh, working on five episodes. I will explain a little bit about the narrative and the treatment. We are focused on the raw feelings and raw reactions. This is super important for us. Uh, me, as a director of this project, I, I just face the, 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 the reality and necessity of the people that will uh, solve deep problems and you will know it and i want to capture this human sense we are going to watch how they are having the experience with the technology and capture this moment of discovery of what is bitcoin this is the main goal of the narrative and treatment so uh, we have a look and feel so this this image are showing a little bit you know i want to see these faces i want to see these emotions and everything is super cool. It's becoming uh, all the project, the, the, the process we are already done. It's amazing. So I will explain you the, the episodes. First one is Borderless, uh, Soul's Life Dance. And the synopsis of this episode is so uh, migrated from Cuba to Mexico to meet her old mom and stay with her in Mexico because she wants to do this. Actually, she risked her, her life because she escaped from Cuba to Nicaragua. She spent 10 days to arrive to Guadalajara in something that is basically a two or three hours flight. And she find her way to make, to, to survive basically, cleaning houses and giving dance lessons. So um, she's living a full cash life and she was super worried. And actually I helped her and I orange peeled her and she she transformed her, her life because she was, she's, waiting for a visa that the humanity cases visa i mean and she was expecting to send money within a year so right now she's sending and she's helping to her family this is an amazing story it's in process of production and the topics that we are going to touch in in this video or this documentary is uh, what is bitcoin the bitcoin properties lighting network and bitcoin general knowledge because she's she's not young she's not technology girl so she's entering to this world from a new perspective it's an amazing story and we are going to capture both sides cuba and mexico the dance will be like uh, the main conducting of, of this video the second episode is a bitcoin beach mexico you, you saw a little bit with the video that we upload but there's more to come in this video it's not the final cut so the, the main thing is that in society yucatan the newest playo mexico remains a paradise beach it's a real thing it's a it's an amazing place so um, the nearest bank of this town is 24 25 kilometers away so really there on banked 
So they have another vision of what is money and how they are um, treating with the money. And the main thing is like, we are going to show the opportunity of Bitcoin as a fishing town to, to make them their own bank and also to discover this part of, of the new tourists coming uh, using Bitcoin over there. And the topics are uh, banking the unbanked, explain volatility because they, they can handle in the same way like other people with other possibilities. So we are going to talk about circular economy, the benefit of Bitcoin with tourists and the vision of the people about the game theory about adopting Bitcoin in the, in the Pueblos Magicos. Right now we are in production in this process. Uh, we have a third episode. This is Magic on Bitcoin, the Bitcoin honey. This is an amazing story too that uh, there's another Pueblo Magic Magico in Yucatan and there's one school which is teaching to the, 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 the community the ancient Mayan practices and traditions. One of these ones is the harvesting of the Melipona bee honey. It's a super hard uh, honey to, to harvest, but also it has a lot of properties, a lot of benefits. So one uh, USA importer that actually he's Bitcoiner, uh, he have a comment, uh, a company called Viva Bitcoin. He's interested in distributing America and using Bitcoin to to buy it and paying direct to the producers and starting a circular con economy over there. So the, the topics are circular economy, Bitcoin business, and adoption. This is a work in progress right now. We're filming, oh, and, and that's it. Actually, we are going uh, by the end of the month to finish this episode. Uh, fourth episode is Mikasa's to Casa. Uh, Casa Bitcoin and Yucatan Citadel. Right now, there are two projects also working over there. And the, the, the project is, is run by Amanda and Daniel that you saw in the showcase in the video of Bitcoin Beach. And they are creating a multidisciplinary space in the heart, in the, in the downtown of, of Yucatan. So this is a very important because they are going to teach this project that is going to be only Bitcoin place. And at the same time, Daniela Mercedes, her, her, his mom, they are building up a citadel in a 100 acre uh, ground in Yucatan. So they believe in the sovereignty that Bitcoin provides. And we are going to show these topics, Bitcoin sovereignty, core values of Bitcoin, lifestyle, uh, the education in Yucatan, in the, in the, in the capital city of, of Yucatan, and Bitcoin adoption. And the last episode that, <laughs> it's an amazing story, guys. I'm super excited too is Miss Bitcoin, the beauty of perseverance, guys. So uh, I, I was in talks and she's super excited. Uh, Alejandra Guajardo, which is the Miss El Salvador. She's a Mexican Salvadorian girl. And we are going to show up the story because she struggled a lot to, to, to accomplish this dream. Uh, she's also becoming right now Miss, El Miss, Miss Bitcoin, which actually she's advocated to teach about Bitcoin in El Salvador. Uh, basically, this is the, 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 the five episodes. And we are going to talk in this one about Bitcoin core values, education, Bitcoin lifestyle, uh, Bitcoin adoption, and Bitcoin as a legal tender. This, uh, this exactly episode is in pre-production. And that's it, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. This is the project. We are super excited to, to make it work. We are putting a lot of efforts. We are people in, involved in this project and we are super excited. So if you have any questions, please, uh, it's the time. I want to hear you guys and thank you. 
That was great. Uh, thanks, thanks for that. I, I was just—I'm glad you put your hand up, Joe. I thought being a, a filmmaker yourself, you might have some good questions for uh, Christian. <laughs> thanks, Lee. Uh, sadly, they're not very technical or advanced questions. But um, yeah, no, great, great presentation, Christian. Uh, looks like super interesting content. Do you think it'll be primarily in Spanish, therefore with English subtitles, or how's it going to roll out? There's something that I didn't add, uh, Joe, but this is super important. I, it's going to be all, everything in Spanish because we are focused really in Latin American content. There's a lot of content in, 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 in English, but what about us, you know? And also we have a different reality, as I was telling. So we need to solve this thing. And in Latin America, also we have a problem. The, the people will tell you no, maybe not, but they are talking about their perspective, but we are not tech people, you know? So we have another barrier that we need to break. So, and CBDs are coming. So everything, we need to work on it. So it's going to be in Spanish and we need to make like an of open source because the same problems is happening worldwide, actually. So if we can translate that small language, I will be super happy, you know? Nice one. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, better rather than you know, dubbing it or you know, catering for an English audience, because I'm, I'm sure this will resonate with Andrew, for example. But, you know, there needs to be more uh, Latin American focused and therefore Spanish language first uh, first content. That, that was just my, my one question, though. Yeah. Cool. OK. Um, Andrew, would you like to comment or any questions on it? Uh Really exciting. Um, I, you, uh, you kind of teased us with the video at the beginning. I can find that on your Geyser page or, or how do people find you so they can uh, see some of the work you've done? Okay, it's it's on, on Twitter actually in between in Mexico. Uh, we, we keep it because everything evolves super fast, you know? So right now we have a concept that we can show. We are showcasing for the first time what is a, a story about adoption that have a long way to go. But right now we can talk about it. We are focused on these five episodes and let's see uh, what's happening, how it will make it grow, you know? Great. Cool, okay. Um, Abu Bakar, have you got any questions for Christian? No, I'll go to my end. Thanks again for sharing. It looks really exciting. Looking forward to it. Cool. Good stuff. Okay, yeah, thanks for that, Christian. So we'll now um, throw it over to Addy from um, Summer of Bitcoin. If you want to uh, present, Addy, hopefully it will work this time. Yes, let me just uh, share my screen here. Hopefully you guys can hear me well. And uh, all right. And I, I think I can. All right, you see the screen? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, you know, I would first off start and take this opportunity to really thank and applaud Geezer for doing what you're doing and being great stewards of Bitcoin. I really appreciate uh, all the good things that you're doing. Really appreciate looking at all the projects that are participating and not just in this uh, grant program, but really throughout the last couple of months across the platform. So coming to Summer of Bitcoin, um, Summer of Bitcoin is a global summer internship program where our goal is to introduce university students to Bitcoin open source development and design. I'll spend some time on really the core purpose behind this program. First off, 
when we think about the development landscape in Bitcoin, right? Right from the Bitcoin core all the way up to the Lightning Network, from some of the privacy tools to end user wallets, we think that there is a lack of developers across the board, right? Bitcoin needs a lot more work ahead. And we can all argue that you know, store of value, sound money, Bitcoin, all these three things is probably some, it's, it's probably one of the most important problems to work on. Uh, however, we don't see enough developers in the ecosystem doing the work that Bitcoin needs in order to help us get to a world where we see Bitcoin as sound money, as a store of value. The problem is that big tech stakes out a lot of computer science developers, graduates, because they come with prestige, they come with uh, good pay um, and, and you know, enormous starting salaries, if you will. Uh, there is uh, certainly a rise of coding boot camps right, across the world in the last couple of years. However, those cohorts haven't really translated to a new cohort of Bitcoin and Lightning developers. And what's worse is that there are other cryptocurrency projects, you know, with centralized foundations who've got a lot of money to spend lavishly uh, to, to market and attract developers in the form of education, you know, with, with all sorts of programs. And so the narrative is that Bitcoin is something that is old, boring and obsolete. And, you know, we'll, we'll catch on to this shiny new thing uh, that will hopefully pay us a lot more than, uh, than any other job out there when it comes to the software industry. So that's the problem we're trying to fix. We want to grow the developer community by attracting university students who are already studying, you know, or making a, uh, considering a career in the software industry. We want to help them understand Bitcoin and, and you know, give them a chance to contribute to it over the summer um, when they are on a holiday break and, and then consider a career in the industry, right? The other important goal for us is to, what we call as catalyze a cultural and regulatory shift. If you think about Bitcoin, like very few across the world, right? Let's be honest, are really probing the deeper promise of sound money in the form of Bitcoin. Uh, there is a schizophrenic attitude that the governments across the world have, and you've got this whole narrative, uh, get-rich-quick narrative around cryptocurrencies that has also distorted the perception of, of people about Bitcoin. And especially in universities, Bitcoin has attracted zero interest, right? very, very uh, negligible interest, uh, and it continues to remain illegitimate um, as, as a technology, as 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 a as a project and and therefore um we haven't seen enough participation especially from students who are you know in universities and are preparing for a career in the industry so we want to we want to kind of reach out to them uh, once they understand about bitcoin as, as they contribute to it they become they, they have skin in the game they understand that it's not just a get rich quick scheme uh, out there they understand that it's not something that is is only for criminals, uh, but is truly a technology that should be paid attention to. That that's something that, that you know that can help the society move forward when we are all on a sound money standard. As they do that, we've seen in the last couple of years of our program that they start talking about Bitcoin, you know, among their friends and family and their communities because now they've worked on Bitcoin. They understand that it's actually a real thing that works and is legit. 
uh, and, and therefore that helps them become advocate advocates of, of Bitcoin uh, in, in society. And finally, um, you know, Bitcoin is it's still an experiment. It's super early. There are not enough tools um, or, or projects out there that can help us cross the chasm, right? When it comes to end user experience, when it comes to privacy, uh, there are all sorts of improvements that it needs. And so as we attract students to work on these projects, these projects benefit from more hands and reviews and testing, and they become much more um, of, a, of a catalyst in terms of improving Bitcoin's adoption. Uh, you know, whether it's an individual uh, onboarding themselves to self-custody, whether it's a corporation using a multi-sig setup, or even a nation state wanting to adopt Bitcoin in some form or fashion. So that brings us to summer of Bitcoin, right? At high level, students learn about Bitcoin and open source development. They are in a net, they enter a network, a join a network of Bitcoiners around the world. They contribute to Bitcoin open source projects under the mentorship of several Bitcoin open source developers. And eventually, um, they, some of them also become open source contributors or join the Bitcoin industry. The projects also benefit from more and more code reviews, more and more code, and they are able to attract new full-time contributors. And as we know, uh, I think all of this helps us um, helps us with 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 just helping uh, the, the adoption for for Bitcoin. Um, we've been around for, uh, this is our third year of the program. We've been around since 2021. Every summer, uh, we invite applicants from all over the world to participate and apply for the program. Um, so far, we've had about 35,000 students from 74 countries that have applied. This is the third year um, that, that we are running the program as we speak. Um, in total, in the last three programs that we've done, we've funded 168 students to work on Bitcoin FOSS. Um, they've all contributed to about 30 open source Bitcoin projects. Uh, we've had 60, about 60 open source developers who have volunteered to become mentors with us in our program. And in total, our interns and alumni have contributed to over 50,000 lines of code across several Bitcoin open source projects. These are some of the testimonials from mentors, uh, many of whom you would recognize uh, as, as being part of the Bitcoin open source community. Uh, I'll probably give you a few seconds to just skim through these. We also have some testimonials from our interns who have participated in our program, having been con having contributed to several open source Bitcoin projects.
All right. Um, some of our alumni, right? Folks who have students have you know participated in our program and have now graduated from university. They've gone on to join the Bitcoin industry and contribute to many open source projects and companies in the space. And these are sort of some of the pictures. Uh, there are many more, uh, you know, that that we haven't updated the slide. It's been quite some time, but you know, you can see that we've got students who have gone on to become contributors to Bitcoin Core. Uh, have joined companies like Galois, uh, Bold Technologies, Blockstream. Um, they also have contributed to several open source projects beyond Bitcoin Core, like BDK, U3XO, um, Stratum V2. So we've had, you know, these students have really contributed across the spectrum in you know, open source projects uh, and, and Bitcoin companies in the space. So um, last year, we, we had about 81 students. You know, here's some pictures uh, that I thought I'll probably share with, with you guys of, of students who've, uh, who participated with us last year. Um, these were some of the mentors. Some of you may have uh, seen them on, on the Twitter sphere um, that were with us last year. Um, these are some of the projects that these students and mentors came from. Um, Core Lightning, LDK, Galoi, LND, Albi, the Eye of Satoshi, Breeze, Bitcoin Core, Revolt, um, all sorts of projects. Um, so this year, uh, the program is currently ongoing. Um, we've had about we had about ten thousand applicants um, who ended up submitting about seven hundred or eight hundred odd proposals. Um, we ended up selecting 45 interns from, I think, eight countries. We're now contributing to 24 open source projects. Um, the program is actually in its culmination. Uh, we will be announcing the results, or the students will be completing their projects uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks. You can actually go and check out all of their projects, the proposals they wrote, the things that they're working on um, in this link right here. Cool. So that's uh, that's probably it, right? Uh, we are. Um, you can find us uh, on Twitter, YouTube, Substack. Our website is summerofbitcoin.org. Um, and happy to answer any questions you guys have. Thank you. Thank you for that, Adi. That was that was great. I've got a question for you. Like, where do you guys get the like normal? I know obviously you've applied for the grant, but where do you get the normal funding for this? Because this looks like a um, you know, massive, um, you know, pool of resource that you've that you, that you put together here, and um, I'm just just wondering how you kind of operate. Is it all um, full of volunteers, or um, you know, how do you, how do you kind of fund it? Sure. So, I mean, we depend solely on on grants. We have applied for a nonprofit um, in in the US, and uh, the little bit of operations that we have, um, you know, it it basically it basically happens through the grants that we receive. So part, uh, majority of the grants that we receive goes out to students where they earn Bitcoin as stipend as, as they complete their summer projects. Uh, some of which is, is what we use for operations um, and, and logistics. You know, we send students swag, um, something that they can kind of take home and, and remember. Um, it includes T-shirts, um, cups with uh, a nice little uh, Bitcoin um, uh, memorandums um, and yeah uh, you know so if, to give you some, some, some details you know we, uh, we 
we actually take in um four thousand dollars a student out of which um three thousand dollars goes to them as stipends five hundred dollars is what we uh used to gift mentors uh you know five hundred dollars in b d c as a token of gratitude for uh volunteering to mentor uh with with our interns and the remaining five hundred dollars is what we use to um take care of uh, all the operations uh, we are a team of volunteers uh, including the mentors across the board cool thank you um abu bakar i know you've been a core contributor in the in the past have you got any um questions for adi in the summer of bitcoin yeah just a quick question from and obviously you love your work adi <laughs> you did matter of uh, the output from summer of bitcoin just to keep it short you also mentioned that one of the paths for these students in terms of outcome is getting jobs in the Bitcoin industry. So can you walk us through exactly what that support system is in terms of how you guys refer people to jobs? Are you in contact with companies? What's that process like? Awesome. That's a great question. Um, to be honest, we don't have a very formal structure or process uh, to facilitate jobs. Uh, what we found is that, you know, proof of work speaks more than anything else. And so, the exceptional interns we have had in the last two and three years, right? Uh, they've gone on to find opportunities themselves. And we've just been there to support them and connect them to several companies in the space that we know of or that from, you know, where we hear opportunities from. Um, and then it's really the students who have, I mean, I would give all the credit, pretty much all the credit to them who've gone on and sought work and you know, found their interest in open source projects and shown proof of work to be able to receive a grant or, um, you know, be eligible to, to join a company. Um, so that's probably uh, sort of a brief, honest answer. Cool. Great. Thanks for that. Andrew or Joe, do you have any uh, questions for Adi? Go for Andrew. Uh, no question. Just to say, nice, nice work. I mean, Gal, I, I mentioned in the chat here, which people watching can't see, but uh, uh, Shandapan was, I think, part of the first cohort of Summer of Bitcoin now a few years ago, and is just uh, exactly what you said. Went through the program, showed the proof of work, and is an amazing uh, team member. Uh, and and uh, yeah, so so we've been um, sort of at the on the Galloy team, uh, direct kind of um, proponents as well as benefactors of the work you guys are doing. So cheers, thank you. Go ahead, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Um, yeah, first thing, what is wrong with winter? Uh, you know, when when winter of Bitcoin? Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Sorry. Um, the uh, I, I enjoyed some of those testimonials, particularly the one from Enyi in Nigeria about how he's going to make his first million in local currency thanks to you guys. To you guys. Um, but I just sort of wanted to get a sense of uh, demographics. Really, it, it seemed to be that there were lots of people from. Asia, from Africa, um, and it seems to like skew quite young. Like, what would you say that the people that are applying to be on this course? Um, what can you speak to uh, for the, the demographics of, of summer of Bitcoin? Um, well, so you're right. I think we've got a lot of interest um, from from Asia and Africa, um, primarily because I think these regions have um, naturally been curious uh, about you know, uh, monetary experiments, um, particularly something like Bitcoin. And so 
the other factor has also been the the stipend amount itself. You know, it's a lot more attractive for uh, this demographic to be able to earn uh, in in Bitcoin, uh, and the amount being you know relatively quite attractive, uh, or I would rather say as equal as what big tech would offer. Um, you know, in in these respective countries, as opposed to somebody studying in the United States or parts of Europe. uh where they may on um a lot more if they were to pursue a traditional software internship in one of the big tech companies so that's obviously part of the game right i think as these students like all of us uh, they're looking for careers they're looking for uh you know the, the kind of they're 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 an aspirational class they they're looking to upgrade their quality of life get a job uh that pays you well and so monetary uh incentive uh, is a sort of a core factor for this demographic right and that's why we've had the stipend that incentivizes these students to take a look at these this internship program um in the hope that they would grok bitcoin at a deeper level and go on to become good stewards of it uh in the industry and elsewhere um so yeah uh you know we've we've had a lot more students uh, from from asia africa also south america uh less so from from the united states and europe uh but that's part of the game right i think even if you look at sort of the developer equity if i will like the kinds of the, the number of developers we've had from let's say united states and europe and rest of the world i think it's rather skewed towards the former um and so we want you know more and more um hands you know contributing to all sorts of software across the stack from all over the world and not just certain regions and so we think this is probably a right balance where we see a lot more students coming in from these other regions and uh and in comparison to say the united states and europe where i think the demographic is um is already participating uh and uh, contributing to bitcoin relatively uh much more than than the others cool, cool. thank you very much Great. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Adi. That was a that was a great presentation. So, um, we'll now go to the next project, if that's okay. And um, we're going to hand it over to Bitcoin Berlin, who um, are not in Germany, which I learned when I was uh, <laughs> looking through the project. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you guys are in uh, El Salvador. Do you want to? Um, yeah. Present to us. Yes, we're going to share our screen now. Yeah. All right. So um, we are uh, Bitcoin Berlin. We are part of the team here in El Salvador. Like you said, it's now Berlin, Germany. It's Berlin, El Salvador. Uh, it's a small city here in the mountains of uh, El Salvador, and. we are trying to build as a bitcoin circular economy here in this city um we uh, we started with this right, idea sorry just to, just quickly we just um you got a, a little alert in front of the window there we can't see much there we go yeah. okay okay so yeah so this is the city this is uh berlin um we like i was telling you uh, we're trying to build a big circular economy here our idea um, first started cuz uh, well we are salvadorians i mean uh, we started as salvadorians uh, 
doing this uh, circular economy. And we have seen that the adoption of Bitcoin hasn't been what we have expected here in, in El Salvador. Uh, it's been almost uh, two years since uh, Bitcoin became a thing here in El Salvador. And um, we were giving uh, Bitcoin education around the country, the whole country. But we thought that it was uh, it's a better strategy to focus on a small city, um, on one place, and uh, make an example out of that city. Uh, show the rest of the country what Bitcoin can do if, uh, mm -hmm. if we can implement it in one, in one small city. So as we were uh, looking for cities, uh, places where we can start a circular economy, we found out Berlin. It has a lot of uh, good things uh, that we considered before uh, studying a circular economy here in Berlin. Well, we have the climate. There's uh, tourism, a lot of tourism potential. Uh, we have here the uh, only uh, Bitcoin mining in the uh, country. But most importantly, uh, the people. Uh, first, it was just uh, Evelyn and I. Um, yeah, that it was, uh, you know, visiting businesses, talking to people, talking to locals. And uh, one of the things that we soon found out is that uh, these people really, they are really proud of being from Berlin. You can talk to people and they, you know, they feel really proud of being from this city. And uh, even though they feel proud from, this, from their city and they talk well about their city, they know that there's a lot of things that can be improved here. Uh, they are eager. There's a lot of... When we talk to people here, it's like they, they, there's a lot of energy here. They want to do something different. They want to improve the city. They are not happy with the local government. Um, and they just uh, want to do something to improve the city. So as we were, you know, talking to them about, well, there's a big opportunity here. We can create a Bitcoin city here in, uh, in, this, uh, in this town. Um, no one else is doing it. We can do it. This is going to be huge. We have a great opportunity and people start believing it. Um, we were telling them how uh, the uh, President Bukele was uh, is planning to build a Bitcoin city uh, here in El Salvador and uh, how that's a great idea. But uh, that that project hasn't started. Uh, we don't know when it's going to start. We don't know when it's going to end. And why do we have to wait for the government to do something? Let's do it here. Let's create this Bitcoin city here in Berlin. So it was uh, the people, you know, the first, the city. Uh, we soon start uh, working with them. Uh, we found a whole team of people uh, going for the same goal. We started, you know, onboarding businesses uh, one by one uh, on the Blink map in the, in the Blink um, wallet. You can see the, the map of Berlin. There's over 30 businesses there. Um, but we have, uh, we know that there's over 50 businesses here in Berlin that already take Bitcoin. And um, some of them are not in the map. Some of them are using a different wallet. But there's over 50 businesses now taking Bitcoin here in Berlin. Um, now, uh, we started to give Bitcoin classes, uh, financial education. We put an educational stand in the central park of the uh, Berlin. We've also been doing some social work. And all this has been done for uh, of the people from the people of Berlin. They are donating their time uh, to do all this. Uh, and um, now um, what we have uh, been doing is also uh, educating the people here because uh, as they are embracing this idea of creating a Bitcoin city, they start uh, to learn about Bitcoin and the core um, the core uh, philosophy of Bitcoin. 
So this is a little bit of what we've done. Uh, improving the park, doing some painting. Next. And, uh, and uh, like I was telling you, everything has been uh, just uh, people donating their time to do all this. Um, now, we uh, started to receive donations a couple of weeks ago. It was a $200 donation that we received. Every, uh, all of our finances are open to our team. Uh, we know exactly where every penny goes. And um, this is uh, what we're trying to do, what, what we are aiming for is to have all our finances open to the public. So donors can see exactly what is being done with the money that they are donating. Right now, we, we have a spreadsheet, which is the one that we um, share with our team. And uh, we have no problem sharing that uh, spreadsheet, but we are trying to figure out what's the best way to share this with uh, the public open. So it can be you know, um, open to anyone that can see exactly what we are doing with our money. Uh, another thing that we are doing with this donation we have received is you know, uh, try to uh, work with it. Not only spend it, we have created some uh, baking sales and some other stuff to try to you know, um, do more with uh, the money that we have received. So, so far we have received a $200 donation. We have worked with that. Uh, now about the impact that we have done here with, um, with the people here in Berlin. Well, some of them have uh, been benefited because uh, they have been selling more. There's a lot of uh, tourism going on here as well. And uh, we have made a lot of activities, you know, to try to improve the tourism here, uh, inject some Bitcoin here in the city. And, um, and this has, has been really, uh, it's been doing great actually. But uh, most importantly, what we, I think that the impact that we have, uh, that we think that we have accomplished here is the change of mindset. We have told people or we have tried to explain people that we don't need to wait for the government or somebody else to do what, something to improve the city. That's something that we can do. That's something that we can accomplish if we just get together. Because like I was telling you, there's a lot of energy from these people trying to do something for the city. They are really proud to be Ber Berliners and they just really want to improve their city. So why waiting to do something? Let's just do it ourselves. And um, we have try to change that mindset of, you know, um, high, um, high time preference to a low time preference because um, all we have promised to them is just there's going to be a lot of work. If you join us, there's going to be a lot of work. Eventually, yeah, this will be compensated. We will accomplish something big, but we still need first. We need to work first. Uh, and they have understand it and, and they are uh, on it. And uh, we have, you know, onboarding a lot of people. Right now, the whole team is about 12 people. 12 people working here uh, towards Berlin. Uh, we have been now invited to some events because, I mean, it's, everything is good. What we are doing, people has, uh, here, uh, locals, they have started noticing. We have been invited to events from the municipality to the uh, tourism um, committee here in Berlin. And, uh, and now we are just part of the, uh, you know, the economy here in Berlin of, of the of we are just another group here working towards the uh, the good being of Berlin. Um, so so yeah, it's um, Ramsel um, Ramsel and myself. Well, Ramsel joined first. Ramsel might be able to explain his experience a little bit. Um, um, yeah, so so I'm not from El Salvador. I'm from the states. Was looking to come to El Salvador for all the Bitcoin stuff. 
And um, really, I saw what Evelyn and Gerardo are doing here. And I wanted to live in a quiet uh, mountain town in El Salvador, which is a little cooler, um, but also try to do something to get a Bitcoin city going. Um, one thing that really attracted me here was that I wanted, I'm looking for a, a small mountain town to live in. And none of them are really Bitcoin towns. I mean, there's really no Bitcoin towns in the world. Um, but there was an opportunity to make one here. So. Yeah, I, I, I saw the, the project going. The first thing that caught my eye was when Evelyn put up a post on donating trees towards the town. And I was able to send sats over so that they could plant trees on, on the main square and across the town. And uh, I decided I left London and I came straight over to El Salvador to live in Berlin. And since then, I was just blown away by, by the sense of community and the, the, the pure motivation that the people have. But there, there is one thing that, that no matter how much energy people have, people need a foundation in their education. And, and um, we've, been, we've been fighting, putting all our time and energy into being able to create classes, but we, we are missing a, a center point where people can come together and, uh, and learn more about the foundations of Bitcoin as philosophy. Uh, obviously, the technical aspect of how to receive, how to send, the idea of balancing uh, the amount of Bitcoin relative to the dollars that you have so you can manage your finances so that you can pay your, your, your expenditures. All these things that are essential for a circular economy to work and for it to be a robust economy, uh, we need a center place. And we've only had like less than $400 donations and the amount of work that's been done has just been staggering. Um, we've myself and James, uh, who's an Australian down in El Sante, we've organized Bitcoin farmers market and we've brought down uh, a lot of vendors from Berlin to uh, sell their products. So they're, they're becoming integrated into the Bitcoin economy. But um, we're seeing the support. We're seeing the support from from we've got Kubo Plus students coming up today to, to give talks. But um, we, we still, we, you know, we need funding for, for our center point. That's, that's definitely something that's missing. Um, so, yeah, so that's pretty much our project. We are trying to, you know, we have a lot of projects going on or we're planning on a lot of uh, things to do here because we're trying to inject some Bitcoin here in the city. And um, that's our presentation. Uh, we are open uh, to any questions that you might have. Thank you. Great, thanks for that, guys. That was great. Are you, um, I've just got a question. Though. Like, are you? Do you find that with, again, all Bitcoiners have kind of heard of El Zonte and uh, Bitcoin Beach. You know, do you do you find having communities like that in the same country help? Like, is it, um, you know, do people understand what you're trying to achieve because it's been done elsewhere, or, um, you know, is it? Uh, still like a, a hard slog is there still a lot of kind of education still needed to to be done well um from my own experience i was in el zante for for a good while and realized that it was it felt slightly top down in its in its approach even though they say it's not but i, I slightly felt that way and uh, it was kind of like going against the current in some some ways and uh, when i came to berlin i went to isla i went to different places and I found that Berlin, it was coming from the, the local vendors. So I don't, I don't think that there's much of a slog. It's the, the energy that you give in is, is, is given back as well. So that, that's something that's allowed me to want to stay here and work towards it anyways. Cool, okay. Um, Andrew, have you got any questions for the team? Maybe a, maybe a brief one. I think it's 
it's really interesting. Um, nice job. It's, uh, it's nice to see these, uh, these communities sprouting up. I mean, of course, around the world, but within El Salvador. Um, and and one, one question I would have is uh, just the general sense uh, when you started uh, about uh, the merchants. It seems like you've been able to grow fast. So how did you do it? Were people re- hesitant or did they say, ah, like, you know, what were their, what, what have you been facing in terms of onboarding people? Um, and, and yeah, how did you do it? Yeah, so we realized there's uh, people come to Bitcoin from different sources, you know. Uh, some of them, they see it as a business. Some of them, they, they, they embrace it since, uh, you, since the beginning, you talk about the uh, core philosophy. So uh, we have learned that we need to know people first. That's why we're, we were doing some social work first, because people got to know us, um, that we are, you know, friendly people, and uh, they are open to hear us. And uh, we were visiting, like, you know, 10 businesses uh, the day. Um, we were putting a lot of hours doing this and out of the 10 businesses, maybe there was only three and, uh, then another two come back later and out of insisting, you know, every day or once a week to the same business going, always asking, do you take Bitcoin? Do you take Bitcoin? And these, uh, volunteers that, that are working with us, we send them, you know, go to that store and ask them if they take Bitcoin because they are going to eventually, you know, say, I'm, and, you know, I, I'm just losing money because I'm not taking Bitcoin. And that's how we have managed to, you know, uh, onboard all these businesses. Nice job. Great. Cool. Joe or Abubakar, have you got a question? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, that was amazing. And I, I actually hadn't heard of Belim in El Salvador before today. So that was really cool to learn about. My question was with regards to mining. Um, what's the project? Who's earning the money? Is this the much talked about in El Salvador, Bitcoin mining with Volcanoes project. Is it taking place in Berlin or is it a separate thing that's going on over there? No, it's, it's taking place here in Berlin, but it's uh, from the government. We don't really know what's going on here because uh, it's, it's close to the public. Uh, all we know is that it's the only Bitcoin mining here in Berlin. In, in, El, Salvador. in, in El Salvador, yeah. Geothermal okay, so this is the one container that's there, that's like the test net well the test sort of bitcoin mining project before they do a bigger sort of project is that yes. right yes okay cool okay cool thank you um yeah other than that no, it looks uh, looks very interesting and i hope to visit next time i'm in el salvador fingers crossed this november come on oh. joe i met you in the I, I met you in the water on surfing we've got to re- do a redo so <laughs> yeah we do Andrew. i need we some do. lessons <laughs> <laughs> That was that was very cool, very cool. We'll have to do that again. But yeah, Berlin is more outdoorsy hikes and things, isn't it, than uh, than yeah. surfing? Okay, cool. Well, thanks for that, guys. So we'll move on to the next project now. So I'm going to um, throw it over to Utero, um, talking about um, Japanese translations for uh, Bitcoin and uh, Nostra projects. Hi, hello. Can you hear Hi. me? Yeah, can hear you. Okay. Let me show my screen. It's never quite as smooth to share the screen as you'd like. It always takes an extra few seconds. Okay, there we go. Can you can you see it? Yeah. Hi. Um. Okay. Uh. My name is Yutalo. 
Uh, I'm not sure I am suitable here or not because uh, my team is only me and uh, it is very small project and still unclear plan. However, uh, it's a great honor to have this opportunity to present my activity to you. I translate Bitcoin and Nostal resources into Japanese. Currently, I only do translations, but this is not my ultimate goal. It's just a step. So let me explain my plans to you. But before I explain my future plans, let me talk about why I do this activity. The first reason is simply that most of the great resources about Bitcoin and Nostra are available only in English. So most of Japanese cannot access them. And the uh, second reason is that I want to encourage people in Japan to pay more attention to what is happening in the world through these resources. Japan is currently blessed and does not have to fear incredibly inflation or government censorship or other threats. However, sooner or later, I think the time will come. And uh, the third reason is that through this activity, I would like to become a bridge between the world and Japan, which has been my personal dream since childhood. I had almost forgotten this pure dream until I was given the encouragement words. Thank you for uh, translating from the people I contributed. Uh, since I started this activity, many developers and Japanese people have encouraged me, saying thank you very much for your great contributions. This message on this screen are uh, some of my proofs of work. And uh, let me show you next for some of indi individual projects I translated. Blink, of course. Uh, thank you very much for hosting Geyser Grants 5. I am very proud to have contributed to the Japanese translation, including stable sets, as I am sure it is a much needed app for Japanese who are new to Lightning Wallet and still worried about Bitcoin volatility. And uh, thanks to Teruko with Fluga Japan for recommending me to Blink. And uh, Nostra documentary, I am very excited to have contributed to the Japanese subtitles, as I am sure it is uh, good resources for many Japanese who are unaware of the current social media's problems, but love to keep using it. And uh, Nostalgia registration form, I am very happy to have contributed to the Japanese translation, as I am sure it will be a bridge between the world and people in Japan through this unconference. For another proof of work of Japanese translations, for example, not social article about Lugano Plan B, 
Abla.news, the down of cyberspace, Nostalgia's poster, and so many others. Maybe you can check my website later. But how much impact did they have? Well, since I have started doing this for uh, only a couple of months, my, my contributions for them may be very tiny. However, by communicating my translation activities through Nostr, by the way, Japan is very unique on Nostr in that there are many more developers and designers than Bitcoiners. And these who are not Bitcoiners, even they don't much know about Bitcoin, have become interested in. And now they are even doing that naturally. That's very amazing. And uh, another thing is through my translation on Nostalgia registration form, thank you free, around 100 Japanese people signed in this unconference. And uh, for my future plan, I will continue, of course, I will continue to translate as much as English resources about Bitcoin and Nostra into Japanese. I am currently translating ROV extension, but uh, translating into Japanese activity is just a step. Although I am not a developer, I have had the opportunity to contribute as a translator to many great projects. Thank you very much. So I hope to encourage Japanese people who are not developers, but want to be involved in Bitcoin and Nostra projects. I'm sure there are a lot of non-developers who want to join that. There are still many parts of the plan that are unclear, but I'm, I'm planning to start with community or team building. For example, how about organizing meetup where we can teach each other how to contribute Japanese translation to the Bitcoin and Nostra projects, or maybe could also invite people who are not developers, but have ever contributed those projects in other areas, such as design or video recording, and maybe we can hold uh, some workshop. The ultimate goal is to create an ecosystem where many Japanese people who are not developers, but can contribute to Bitcoin and Nostra projects uh, produced and their contributions uh, properly and justly valued and paid, of course, by Bitcoin. This is, uh, I think, a world where value for value can be established for non-developers. Um, this is the end of my presentation. And uh, if you need me for translation into Japanese, feel free to let me know. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. That was great. We're, um, I know Mick from Guys is going to be at uh, Nostrasia, so that, that's looking to be like a really 
interesting conference. Is is there much of a, a Bitcoin community in in Japan? Like, are there are there meetups or? Um, yeah, or... Uh, I think I think we have a lot uh, the communities. They they started before me, so um, I think I can also join them. But uh, same time. I want to focus on non-developers that they want to maybe contribute to to Bitcoin or Nostra projects. Okay, cool. Um, guys, uh, has anyone got any um questions? Quick, quick one from me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Um. First of all, thank you for uh, translating Blink. That might be the 21st language for Blink. Uh, super exciting. I'm like checking on the status of it going in live in the app here. Well, uh, while, we're, while we're on the call, I'm uh, very excited about that. So to you and uh, Teruko and, and uh, everybody who worked on that. Uh, this, my question would be, what, um, what is the best way for people to kind of make things translatable or like, like to enable you to do good quick work like you know of course like the blink app uses trans effects do you use github or is like a, a google document like uh yeah I, I think for anybody who's who's looking to make their content accessible like how do they what's the the, the best path for them uh... sorry i can't i can't i couldn't get it though what, what is the question please like what? What um, do you have preferred apps or ways uh, to to translate? Like uh, you know, is it a Google document, Word document, or how? If somebody wants to engage you for translation, ah, what, what I see. Okay, maybe uh, yeah, Google Documents is very uh, popular in Japan, and uh, I but I now use Transfix Clouding hosted web late. But I never heard of that before. So uh, if you want Japanese to join many, uh, many Japanese to join Translate, uh, maybe we you should use a uh, Google document. It's very common. Good to know. Cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. M mine's more of a comment than a question. And it's just that at Cointelegraph, a lot of our readership comes from Cointelegraph translated into Japanese as there's a huge crypto community in Japan as well as South Korea that there are like two biggest Asian uh, readership sort of ranges by, by a long long way and uh, yeah they started translating stuff into Japanese I think like three or four years ago and it really was uh, very impactful however it also goes to show that Japan is very very uh, shitcoiny for want of a better word and so mm -hmm. having, you know, Bitcoin and Nostra content, which is, of course, more conducive to creating more Bitcoiners, um, mm. is, is definitely very valuable. It, it wasn't really a question. It was more just to uh, sort of shared my own experience on it. Mm. But that was cool. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. Cool. OK, good stuff. All right, so we've got uh, two two more projects to go through. So we'll move on to, um, we'll let Sofitoshi have a go now. He's the coolest avatar on the stream today. So uh, we'll let you go, Sofitoshi. We can't hear. I uh, just have to make sure I'm selecting my correct monitor. I hope it gives me an option. Let me just see here. 
Um, there we go. Okay. So, um, let me just get my slides up. Okay, so Sovereign Craft, yes. Um, so, Sovereign Craft is essentially a, it's an educational focused Minecraft server that focuses on digital money within the digital game. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to advance here. So, first of all, why Minecraft? Um, as Summer of Bitcoin mentioned, I've been altering my slides as, as I've been listening to everyone here. Um, we do definitely need developers. Um, I, I am a firm believer that the next phase of Bitcoin adoption really does need to begin to move from the store of value philosophy into not just money, but in the Austrian economics term, also a currency, like a medium of exchange right down to the storefront level. Um, so I definitely second what Summer Bitcoin says, and I think that the bottleneck is going to be having enough people to reach out to every business in every country and integrate point-of-sale systems, integrate all kinds of, of different um, systems with an ecosystem that works as Bitcoin as a base layer. I am a maximalist. I believe in the future of Bitcoin as the unit of account that everyone will interact with. I don't believe that we need fiat or other units um, to exchange goods and services. I just think we need more developers. And the more I delve into Lightning, being only the first um, uh, payment network, really, that, that's been heavily adopted on Bitcoin, honestly might even be good enough if the rest of the... Um, infrastructure looks very similar to what it does today with a lot of institution um, or, or larger, let's say, banks, also known as lightning nodes, becomes kind of the foundation. I, I think that we already have something that's that's technically more powerful than the existing payment networks of today, um, excluding things like Visa, but uh, where you can do um, like buyer protection. But up to layer two, I think we already have it. Um, also, it's an open platform built on Java. Um, it, you know, a, a lot of gaming systems to the, design this, a game from scratch is a lot of work. Uh, where Minecraft is very open, it's a very easy way to start to integrate Bitcoin into an environment that's already developed by someone else, thus lowering costs and lowering time. Um, and we're also able to use a lot of related tools um, like LNBits and web development, um, et cetera. So by using Minecraft, we're able to have people within the community contribute to our project uh, without having necessarily full access to the node, for instance. They can make plugins, they can kind of delve into areas of development where they want to, to start to learn how to interact with Minecraft, uh, with Bitcoin rather, or with other areas of the project if they have interest in it. Uh, I, I have 4,000 lines of code internally, <laughs> said Summer Bitcoin was dropping a number of lines of code. I was like, oh, let's see. Um, that's just my own internal code at this point to bridge the gap between Minecraft and, and LNBits, which is what we're running on. Um, but, but other than that, there's actually lots more lines of codes that have either previously been developed for Minecraft 
for any generic economy plugin which mine is compatible with or also um, a new plugin that's being developed uh, in conjunction with Sovereigncraft as one of the main servers that's running it, which I'll get into shortly. Um, Minecraft has a long life cycle. In the gaming world, if you look on Google Trends and you Google nearly any game name, you will see that there's a huge spike when that game is released, and then after that, it dwindles very quickly. Minecraft is very unique in how it looks over a longer term life cycle because it is a sandbox game and because it's a game that is very much unlike other uh, video games. A lot of people play Minecraft who don't play other video games and a lot of video game players don't play Minecraft. There is definitely an overlap, but there's also a distinct difference in how Minecraft is versus other games. Um, also, it's a fun community uh, for development uh, that can include not just the technical that I've mentioned, but also just players of the game where they can build in the game. It's very much like a digital Lego kind of world where people can build structures and help contribute to a very interactive experience for the players. Um, it also includes a lot of different ages. Our youngest player right now is, I believe, seven years old. Our oldest player is 50, and we have everything in between. So it's, it's really uh, great to see everyone kind of come together. Um, also for the kids, uh, I'm looking... I, I actually have five kids of my own, so I'm a father uh, first, and it's it's very important to me that the kids start to learn how to interact with Bitcoin. They can pick up a smartphone and use it better than most adults, it seems, um, and there's really no reason why we shouldn't be educating our kids on what the future of money is going to look like. Um, in addition, I, I believe that we're going to need bankers of tomorrow. So kind of related to the developers needed, I believe the bankers of tomorrow, which may take more of a form of service providers than bankers, we are going to need people who work in the financial sector, which will become more code related. So we need to get that kind of direct exposure to the systems that are running Lightning, um, something a little bit more than just a wallet, something where people um, not only know how to make an invoice and know how to pay an invoice, but also start to look into things like LN addresses and how that might look like from a GUI perspective, a graphical user interface perspective, but also from a code perspective. Uh, but it's very much a top-down. It gets someone in first. Um, so like Berlin uh, was saying, no need to wait for the systems to change, right? No need to wait for the government to come in. We can start doing this now. We can become the bankers of tomorrow. The people who hold their stack today, if Bitcoin becomes the world reserve currency, will have more than enough capital to be their own bank, to be the person providing the services for people who don't have enough uh, capital to access layer one because as we know, layer one is scarce and there's good reasons for that, but I won't get into all of that as part of this because we're all educators and we probably all know that scarcity is important for the future funding uh, and fee structure of Bitcoin. Um, so it, this is very much the top-down approach as opposed to digging straight into layer one and being that hardcore geek. And also my own realignment. Um, I'm a senior systems administrator. I actually don't have a lot of prior experience in development but I know a lot about systems in general and I can learn very quickly. So this was my opportunity to fill some of that void where we are going to need those developers. We are going to need people helping businesses with the implementation of Bitcoin into their existing systems. And this is a pivot for me as I became more passionate about uh, Bitcoin in general. 
So why a game? Um, like I said before, the adoption of young people and gamers. Young people, definitely, there's very few ways that we can um, talk to young people about uh, finance and economy. It's a taboo subject, but just kind of using it within a video game is a, is a good way to get people exposed in a non-intrusive way, especially with a model like mine that does not require capital investment. You don't need to put money into the game. Um, you can do things in game to create value. It's a value for value economy. So if one person wants to focus more on building and less on mining in the game to get the resources, someone else can do the resources. If someone wants to have a beautiful structure but doesn't want to hollow out the side of their mountain that they want to build inside of, they can pay someone else to do that for them. So it's very much driven by the players. I am not creating items in game to generate my own wealth, so it's not a pay-to-win type structure. Um, there are no items currently in game that you can buy that I can create for free. Um, so, so it's very much led by the players uh, to, to do as they wish in game. Uh, it's also an exposure to using the transactions anywhere in the world. Um, so I actually had a, a, a video that I posted a while back for Wallet of Satoshi, and I was going to kind of recreate that now. Um, so like I'm in game right here, and the thing is, is most people don't understand what lightning will look like at a storefront. Um, but just by playing this game, like if I want to add money into this game, I can go slash deposit. Um, I'm just going to put like 50, um, that's one second here. <laughs> Sorry, this is for some reason giving me grief. Um, just because I can't spell, I think. That's the problem. So I'm just going to go here and I'm going to put deposit 50. Now, I'm not expecting anyone to be this, but this is 50 sats. If anyone on the call has a Lightning wallet on, on hand, because this is what we do with Lightning all the time, is that we show that it can be anywhere in the world. Um, this is a Lightning invoice that just got generated in-game and is for my Lightning wallet here that is up on screen. Oh, I just saw my balance go up. Look at that. Someone paid it. So that was not paid by me. Someone else just paid that invoice. Um, I can now do CLS to clear the screen. Um, and there it goes. So that's how quick it is to get real money into the game. Now I can do the opposite. Withdraw. Uh, 50. Enter. And now someone else is going to be able to receive this money. Quick, whoever does it will get 50 sats. <laughs> so, so this is how easy it is to get money out of the game. So this is that educational way. That, oh, and there it is. It's already redeemed. Tough luck, everyone else. Um, so we can do it that easily. If we want to sync um, Blue Wallet to the game so that you can use this money in real life, I'm not going to do this right now because you will get a QR code that will give you access to my wallet. But if you click this, a QR code will come up on the screen in game and that will allow you to sync your Blue Wallet. So it's showing people how we can interact with QR codes in the real world and in game and creating that hybrid between the two. Um, this piece of it, actually, oh, sorry, what I'm about to say, I will say a little bit later because it is in the slides. Um, so that's kind of that example. In addition, um, whenever I was talking about getting people to understand how things work on the back end of things, 
um, this is my in-game wallet, which is running on LN Bits. We can see here that I created an invoice for $50 in-game, or 50 sats, <laughs> um, I'm already talking in the future. But anyways, uh, and then a, um, a withdrawal of 50 sats as well. So this is the wallet. I we also have LN addresses. So if someone were to send money to Sovtoshi at sovereigncraft.com, that would work. That works for all of our players. Um, that's generated the moment someone joins the game. So even if they have not even logged into their wallet yet, even if they know nothing about Bitcoin, the moment they join the game, someone can slash pay them in sats. They don't even know what's happening, but they're receiving Bitcoin um, in a real wallet. They can also um, get sent money immediately to their LN address. But because we're giving that direct exposure, I can click here on LN URLP and this is the automatically generated um, LN URLP address that gets generated on join. Um, someone could delete this, it will get recreated when they join the game again because they'll see it's not there. But they have full access to everything on the back end on the node. So this is giving them an interface where they can explore things like Cashew, they can explore things like LN URLW. Actually, with LN URLW, we had an Easter egg hunt. Um, and how we did the Easter egg hunt is we went in game, uh, and I'll show you a quick example. You go slash QR, and then we would generate that LN URL pay address, uh, sorry, LN URL withdrawal address, um, and, and then you take the invoice string. And with the QR command, we can go slash QR, paste in that great big long um, address, and it will give a map here in my hand that I can then put somewhere in the game like so, or whatever, I can put it inside like a treasure chest. And we had an Easter egg hunt. Part of that Easter egg hunt was showing the people who were donating to the hunt, the adults, how to go into LN bits, how to create the LN URLW um, links, then taking that, putting it into a map in the video game and get, making it so the kids could go around and hunt for the Easter eggs that we placed in game. So it's, it's the idea of educating some people on this end, other people interacting with it on the other end. We've had people low in game, however, that have played for up to a week and didn't even realize that what they had was real Bitcoin. We had one player after one week say, so you mean I can like exchange this for real Bitcoin? And we said, well, no, it, it actually is real Bitcoin because <laughs> they weren't quite getting it. Because in order to get more Bitcoin into the game, one way that I allow people to receive money from me, value for value, is they can go onto these Minecraft voting websites. This is very common for servers to promote different Minecraft servers. There's many third-party websites. And you can see here, people are voting this month. If I go in here and I put in my in-game name on this third-party website, it's using all of the standard plugins that other people have generated for Minecraft, but then it's calling on Lightning to actually do the work and because I voted and it all works, <laughs> if I go into my wallet now, we will see 10 sats arrive into my wallet. So some people are joining the game, voting like they would on any other server, but if they don't actually look into it that much, they don't even necessarily realize yet that they're interacting with Bitcoin in the real world because everything works in game and with
standard methods. So it's fully integrated into a system that already exists, which is why Lightning is so beautiful. We can bring it to the POSs. We can bring it to the world. So when we go in here, um, a, a couple other features I have, we have an auction house. This auction house is players posting different goods that they have collected in game and they are charging money. It says here who the seller is, what price they're charging. This is all in sats. And again, all a person would have to do is to click and buy those items. And then um, it's an in-game transaction, but it is a real lightning transaction. Everything in-game is on the lightning network directly. So to just kind of go forward a little bit more, um, uh, where was I? Yeah. So like I was saying, adoption of young people and gamers, exposure to using transactions everywhere. So everything I just showed can be done anywhere in the world. Um, I, I live in Calgary, Alberta, personally. And in Calgary, Alberta, I believe there is one store now that accepts lightning. It's very hard for people to get that lightning exposure. In many areas, there is no exposure to lightning. So, so getting them kind of in a decentralized way to be able to, to have this understanding. Families interacting and playing together. This wasn't even necessarily something I planned for, but what I'm finding is a lot of our player base so far tends to be Bitcoin, mostly dads. We have one wife on there, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's mostly Bitcoin dads and their kids. So it's a really cool environment of, you know, you got the parents and the kids and the kids are making relationships in the game. Then they'll like join a voice chat or a video chat and kind of get to know each other virtually. Um, some of them are too young to go on on kind of like the chat scene, but it, it is on Discord. And we have the in-game chat also on Discord. So at, at any point, I can pull up our, our Discord server. And again, this isn't all developed by me. This is on many other different servers. But we can see the chats from inside the actual video game. And people can, you know, get to know one another in and out of the game. And, and it just it's fun. It creates a fun community. Um, I, I believe there's future opportunities in schools and special interest groups. Uh, I went to the Bitcoin Rodeo in Calgary. And there was one interested individual. I don't know if it will come to anything. But he mentioned that he runs a, a class in Hong Kong and a lot of these children love Minecraft and he doesn't know Minecraft. And I was like, well, start, you know, if you have an economics class, if you're allowed to teach economics, load up the game in class. They can teach you Minecraft. You can teach them lightning. Right. So it, it, it has a lot of opportunities there. And, and there's like gaming groups, special interest groups. Um, and, and it's not just a, a, a game. It's only an example. I have future intents here, which I'll, I'll get into uh, shortly. So um, one second, I think I went ahead one too far. Let me double check. Um, let's go back. No, I think I'm okay. Cool. Yeah, we're, um, so, we're, we're running a bit of time. So, uh, so, so I'll ahead. be quick here. I'm not much longer. Um, so Bitcoin is money and currency only is my philosophy. No NFTs, nothing like that. I believe not your act, not your stack. We run all of our own infrastructure. So the funding in part goes towards maintaining the infrastructure. I'm redefining sovereignty, even though this is a node that I operate, it's all running on open source LMBit software. So if a person wanted to run their own instance, they, they could run, in theory, this, this server on LMBits as well. But it's an example of what you can do with the software that's out there. 
never sell. I will never sell my Bitcoin. I will use it if I find places to use it. I will never sell it. And I personally am buying to zero. This is the ideal. This is what we push all of our players. Never sell because the idea is uh, more adoption. Changes since the last grant, we implemented bedrock support, which means it's a lower price for players. People can get pocket edition for $6 for the whole family um, with Google uh, Play. Uh, and they can play right from their phone. They can also play from a console and there's some third party apps kind of unsupported where you can play from a, a gaming system. We've also done a separation of node and game. So you'll see here at the bottom, I say a sovereign node project. Since the last grant, we have seen this as a platform that people can really expand on. So um, we are now running an instance of Ellen Bits that's public, publicly accessible called Sovereign Node, and people can just use that for their own projects as they see fit. Um, I could get more into that, but I won't. Um, we have an in-game item exchange, which is basically like a stock market. Sorry, I'm going as quick as I can here. Um, we have an in-game stock market, which has limit and buy orders. So we actually have kids in-game that are like 12 years old learning about the market. We have orders here, some limit orders. You can do market limit and market buy of all the items in game. So we have a live running stock market for commodities. They're learning all about how uh, a commodities market works in the real world. Um, and then we, one second, da, 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 sorry. Um, and, and then we did a server upgrade as well. Uh, reason being, next steps, we're gonna be running a geopolitical world, um, which will have different rules where people can make nations, they can tax their citizens for different benefits, they'll be able to basically run um, a land-based world where people can join different countries and whatnot and recreate some of what we have today in the world, but on sats. We're going to be creating more YouTubes and videos to explain and encourage interaction with the game, um, so kind of like what I showed you today, but even more. Uh, we are developing NIP05 registration. Uh, I put here hashtag Minecraftster because there was a Nostra string that started with Minecraftster and I actually bought that domain, Minecraftster.com, once I saw it. We're going to have it so you can just go in game um, and just go slash Nostra reg and then whatever, uh, uh, whatever suffix you want and it will take your player name from the player name that is verified through Minecraft and then give you your Nippo 5 so it's a verified identity in Minecraft. Um, and people can just join the server and do that and leave if they want. But it'll be a way on Nostra of finding your Minecraft buddies, even if they don't necessarily play on Sovereigncraft. They can just join for a moment, get their Nippo 5 registration, and find each other on Nostra. We're building the lobby. I don't have time to show this, but we're building out the lobby to show um, more educational content in game with QR codes for different services like uh, cold storage, hot storage, etc. Um, and we're trying to do a lot of this before the expansion um, of, of the Minecraft community, which is bound to happen because there is a Minecraft movie coming out in 2025, which is surely going to um, in increase the amount of people that have an awareness of Minecraft or are interested in Minecraft. So we're looking to have all of this running before 2025, but there is, of course, time limitations. So the grant helps with that as well. Sorry, that was long. Now that was cool. Thank you for that. Thanks for that. We, um, I really like the kind of sly roundabout way with this project, where you know you're kind of you know getting kids and users in, and they don't even know they're interacting with Bitcoin, but um, but it's just there, and they do. That's cool. Okay, so um, yeah, sadly because of time, we've lost um 
Andrew and Joe and Abu Bakar, but we've still got one more project to look at. So I'll just quickly hand it over to um, Rogzi. Rogzi for Decouvre Bitcoin. Apologies. Oh, do you hear me? My French pronunciation there. It's all good. Uh, you hear me, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I'll just be quick. Uh, most people have left already. So, um, Degoof Bitcoin is basically building a Bitcoin university worldwide. We've been doing that for the past uh, three years now. We have uh, students in uh, Africa, South uh, America, Europe, and we help basically local community expand. The most important easy if we have one place to study almost anything about Bitcoin in any language then the people can use that knowledge to build their own community and then they can use our educational resources to go teach uh, local high school, local university, local church on Bitcoin. And the people that get Orange PR can go back to uh, study more at the university. So the university to today has 12 courses. All of them are translated in French, Spanish, German, Italian, Portuguese. Uh, students can log in, have a dashboard, log in with slash tag or lightning. Um, they can just, uh, yeah, there's uh, courses on uh, lightning, security, Bitcoin, finance, mining, economy, uh, based on level. So you will start with like Bitcoin 101, then move on to 102. And if you want, you can go all the way to cryptographic courses. If you rather just do lightning, you have lightning 201 on uh, theory, lightning 202 on practice to set up your, for your node. So from when we started, I was the main YouTuber and educator and formator. Today we have uh, around eight of the teacher. We have one more course is coming out almost every month and most teachers are joining by adding that, their course. Within the university, we are building a peer-to-peer -peer mentoring uh, platform using Allpunch, which will basically uh, enable the students that do have questions to get an answer either from the Bitcoin chat GPT that has been built already and will be integrated or through a mentor, Bitcoin mentors that will be just like be logged in and want to get sat streamed to them by answering questions from noobs directly uh, within the university platform. We have a lot of gamification. We have a massive database of questions, certificate, badge, reward, building a mobile app. We have a connection between companies and students. If they want to do internship, if they want to go to conferences and have a discount. They want to translate uh, content. They will get uh, XP and that will give them more, more reward either in uh, uh, tools, uh, reduction for product, Bitcoin product with uh, our uh, partner. Everything is 100% open source, either on the database or the LMS that we're building because we're both building the Bitcoin uh, resources package, basically, and also a new learning management system that is the Lightning Enable, RGB uh, native, uh, not RGB native, but like Bitcoin native. So we can have Lightning, RGB, and all the on Noster and all the other technology directly implemented within the educational. So when we are done with Bitcoin, we can move to other parts of the educational system to reform using Bitcoin as a tool. Uh, Community-wise, we're really trying to help as many communities as possible. It's actually funny because uh, Bitcoin uh, Berlin, uh, hey guys, uh, there's uh, literally Oscar and uh, Agilex from my team driving towards you as I speak. Uh, well, I'm not in El Salvador. I know they're coming to, to help you today, if I'm correct. Uh, within that, um, within the website, we are building the Bitcoin Educational Toolkit, which is basically a library of educational resources, the same way we have BDK or LDK. We are doing like a BET, which sounds bad, but I didn't find a better name. Uh, and there's like a lot of uh, posters that have been 
interviews at conferences in Africa. We have infographic books and basically everything for educators, teachers to basically use or for local plebs to uh, grab our educational resource and teach it at university high school. The idea is really easy. We believe that we'll have one Bitcoin community by city, one major Bitcoin, Bitcoin hub by region, one full hub, which is basically a campus by country, and there will be citadel all, all around the world. Uh, for France, we've created 40, more than 60 communities, also a lot of North Africa, and now we are helping uh, in most parts of the world. And I think the easiest way is just to show the university because it's live. So here I'm in English, but we can go to, uh, let's just go to Spain, I guess. And um, we'll just go, for example, for Lightning 201. That's the course, introduction to uh, Lightning. And let's say we just go to the chapter five, which is how transaction work. And here you have like all the info uh, with exam certificate and you can just keep on digging the, the course. Every time there's a video text, if you want resources, we have basically all the books of uh, the Bitcoin universe. All of them have like a description and uh, we'll add like a free downloading PDF link uh, once we cannot be censored by the states anymore. If you are looking for a podcast, let's say you are in French or in English because you want to learn in English, you have all the podcasts with the postcard link. And most important, you have all the Bitcoin companies or most of them uh, if you want to just uh, check them out. And tutorials, we have more than 60 tutorials both uh, for every single uh, wallet, let's say. Well, actually, we do have uh, links here. So let's just go for that. And uh, if you want to run a node, let's say you want to run my node, here you have all the instructions, but maybe you don't speak English that well, so you want to go to Italian. Well, here you have it in Italian. And if you don't care about Italian, you can have it in every language. We have uh, also mining tutorial, privacy tutorial, all the exchange for non-KYC solution etc etc this is basically the university if i go as quick as i can uh, there's a lot more but basically this is what uh, we've been building and uh, by the end of the year we should probably also have um, fungolis swalian and uh, two other language for africa and then uh, a lot more things uh, so yeah feel free to go check it out and uh, so the grant would be used mostly to uh, help on contribution. Everything is 100% free and open source. You have the GitHub here if you want. And uh, so it will be to help uh, translate in more languages, review formation, create more formation, create new section on the resource page, um, tips the tutorials creation, and uh, create more uh, educational package for communities to use. The idea is that we don't want uh, Bitcoin communities around the world to simply recreate educational content. It makes literally no sense. You're going to waste your time. Just use the content that has been already built so you go faster. And that's uh, basically the university. I try to go as quickly so everyone um, can be happy. Wow, that was great. That's great. You can just see there's loads there. What was the, I think quite, it might be my, screen but what was the url i didn't quite catch the url it's uh, the sovereign university i can put it here oh yeah do yeah ah perfect cool okay that was great and again the i mean um similar question to to what i asked like summer of bitcoin so there's so much there like what have you had funding in the past or is this all sort of uh 
you know volunteers contributing how, how does it kind of work yeah, so it's a it's a project i've started um basically three years ago it started with just a youtube channel where i created bitcoin 101 in french english and spanish as i speak three and then from there i created bitcoin one the two to two one then someone gave me lightning and then someone gave me a class on australian economics and then from there we moved on from a first platform to another one and now we realize that all the legacy platform wouldn't work with lightning rgb and everything so we moved on to a fully open source platform uh today the bitcoin is basically 12 person almost daily no one is paid and then we have 40 to 70 uh, volunteers that help from time to time if i ask i have more people uh we had no grant whatsoever we have a patreon who doesn't give much like not even for one person and so it's mostly uh volunteers and self-funded so i've personally uh, put a lot of uh, time effort and money to have that project grow to this uh, size and now well it's still going so i will just keep uh, building that so we have the best university in the world cool okay i mean yeah you can just see that so much time and effort has gone into it this real um you know, nice display of proof of work there. There's, uh, there's so much to it. The funny thing is like, uh, my point when I started it is like all the people are here, you had a great presentation and I love the energy, but like, uh, Berlin, I understand, like, as you like told me about you, so understand the need that how much time and effort it will take for you to just recreate everything when you can just like take that Spanish resources and teach it to, to, to the students. It's a saving energy time and energy time is Bitcoin, it's money. We all know the equation, so it's easy. Christian, same for you. Um, the Minecraft game actually knew of someone that was building something similar, but not yours. That can be used uh, by the students so we can make a link between like his project to the teachers around the world so they can learn how to use it. We can integrate it within like an econ courses. So one of the chapter, the practice chapter is actually to jump in the game and play with the full node. And then we can have like a tutorial for the developers to actually build back the game he already built. So the exercise is to play with and bits. And within the university, we're going to have a signet, uh, obviously nodes, uh, running, uh, mining, um, campus trading things so we can basically simulate attack on the network to the students so the lightning and dev students uh during the masters in the platform one day will just realize there's no more blocks and they will need to adjust they will need to to be into a stress 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 test uh, situation and for yutako well I, I have no idea how to translate that in uh, japanese we have we have built uh, a chat gpt um bot that go directly scan the github and translate in as many languages as we want so basically translating into another language takes 12 minutes or like maybe two hours max if you know if we do the whole university but the content is like only 90 percent accurate for the main languages i don't know about japan so in that case for new languages, we'll basically just run the software, we'll translate every single formation, every single tutorial, every single resources at once. And then we have people around the world validating the translation. So basically trying to match everyone so everyone can use that tool. Again, everything is 1% free and open source. Cool. Excellent. That's great. Okay, well, we've um, we've massively gone over the time that I planned. No, so, so thanks to everyone for joining us. Um, and just just one last word on the on the whole sort of grant is that we're we're still open for another week. So we're up to something like we've had over 
I think like 65 projects apply for the grant now. Uh, I think we've approved um, sort of 55, something, something like that. So we're still open for one more week. So if you've been watching this and this has inspired you to, you know, kind of do more, there's still time to launch a project and apply for the grant. So thanks for everyone that's joined me today. And thanks for you guys that are still here at the end. It's been a long one, but yeah, that was great. So thanks for your time, everyone. And, um, you know, I hope to, hope to see you all soon and good luck with the grant. So thanks very much. Cool. Thank you. Bye. Bye.